Hey there, friends. Welcome back to the third season of the Ray Reynolds Rap Podcast. If you haven't already done it, go ahead and click that subscribe button. We hope that you'll check us out also on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, and TikTok and find out more about content. Of course, we encourage you to also check out the website at rayreynoldsrap.com. We hope you enjoy today's program. From time to time on the podcast, we will use Bible classes and sermons that were delivered at the Somerdale Church of Christ in Somerdale, Alabama, or other locations where I've had the opportunity to speak. And so this particular broadcast is one of those sermons from Somerdale. We hope that you enjoy it. I mentioned last week as we were going through our uh, lesson on fathers as superheroes, we identified the fact that we do think of certain people in our lives as our heroes. We look up to them. Uh, In fact, now a lot of these, uh, when I was growing up, it was comic books. We didn't have a lot of the movies. But now we have TV shows and movies that glorify these heroes, and they all have something uh, basically uh, super to add to the equation. Except for Batman. You know, he was just rich, so he he could build whatever tools he wanted. And I always thought it was interesting about how different superpowers, different superheroes had different powers. Why don't they all have the same? Why don't they all, why can't they be super in every area? Why is it just one area that they have that particular power? A few weeks ago, when we were talking about this month and talking about kindness, Billy had mentioned to me that uh, this text here, he, he, he taught his kids. I guess the kids had to repeat uh, Ephesians 4.32, is that right? And uh, I thought, you know, that's pretty cool that we, we teach our children, we remind them of this great passage about being tender-hearted and forgiving one another and being compassionate. And so I was going to use this text as just a, a kind of a landing pad to jump off into something else. And the more I read the text, I realized that we needed to dig in today. So if you got your Bibles, open up to Ephesians chapter 4 and we'll begin at verse 25. And what we're going to do is we're going to notice some of the phrases that Paul uses in this particular text and how they can be perceived to the world as a superpower. That's correct. Kindness is your superpower. When you live in the world, you find out people that are worldly will say and do just about anything, and the church ought to be different. Our superpower is we are kind to all. Now, that's a tough one. We'll talk a little bit about how we can do that this morning, but we know that the world needs to see us being kind. Just yesterday, and I don't know how many of you take the time to be on social media, but I was extremely grateful and, and see years of prayers being answered for the overturning of Roe v. Wade. And I was so grateful and so blessed, and I just praise in God. And uh, I posted on one of my pages uh, the quote from Focus on the Family, where it says, life wins. Well, even though I have a lot of Christian friends, not all of them agree with me on that subject. And there was a friend, a daughter of a friend, that went on there and just started making all these comments. Well, I prayed for her and prayed for her, and this morning she deleted all of them. And sometimes you've got to be kind. Even though when we present something and it's right and it's true, we need to be kind in our presentation of it. We stand for what is right. We preach what is right. But we are also understanding that there are people who will find something to argue about. They'll find something to fuss about. That doesn't change our stance. That doesn't change the way that we, uh, the way that we are or what we think or what we feel or what our opinions may be. But we do have to be careful in our presentation. And I'm <clears throat> fairly confident that this young lady, finally her parents told her she needed to be kind with her remarks and removed some of those things. But sometimes even when you're not trying to be argumentative, 
Even when you're not trying to be harsh, people automatically assume the worst. Uh, just a look that you give them. Uh, I remember one time this lady said, you know, I just, you didn't look at me in church yesterday. I said, what? She said, you didn't look in my direction. I said, that was not intentional. I have to look at 600 people on Sunday mornings at this congregation. I said, I can't, I can't, I can't see everybody. But don't perceive just because somebody doesn't talk to you or shake your hand or hug you that they, don't, that they aren't concerned. Sometimes our attentions are diverted elsewhere. It's not anything intentional. And so in the text, Paul's going to give us some identifying factors, some things that we can do to ensure that when people see us or hear us or don't see us and hear us, that there is kindness in our heart. The first thing we need to know that in order to be kind, we have to be straightforward. Yes, that means we have to get across the point. We have to make something emphatic. Oftentimes we get confused and frustrated because we try to assume what the other person is thinking. Here's a, here's a radical thought, okay, church? Here's a radical thought. If you want to know what someone else is thinking, why don't you ask them? Wow, that just appeared to me. If I want to know what somebody's thinking, why don't I ask them? See, that's the point. Be straightforward. Understand where people are coming from. Be willing to have a conversation. Oftentimes these arguments and, and the way that people look at us or perceive us is because we haven't had good communication. The number one cause for divorce is miscommunication, not having a proper community relationship. And in the church, the same thing is true. People will often say, I just don't feel like I'm loved or I don't feel like I'm, I'm being talked to enough or so forth. Be straightforward. If you feel that way, say it. And if you see someone that needs some encouragement, don't put it off. Be straightforward. Go to them. Talk to them. Listen to what it says in verse 25. Paul says, let each of you speak truth with his neighbor. Sometimes kindness includes being frank or candid. You can call it telling someone the truth. You can call it laying on the line. Uh, people say, well, I'm going to level with this person. Whatever it is, you can do that as a demonstration of kindness that we just decide we're going to put it on the table. We're just going to sit down and talk about it. And there are times even with our children or with our spouse that we would rather not talk about it because we don't want it to be on the table because we know it's going to be a fight. There's going to be some fussing going on. And so we say, you know what, I'm just not going to address that issue. That's the worst thing that you can do. It's kind of like having a, 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 a problem with your health and going and going and going and waiting till absolutely you land yourself in the emergency room before you decide to go talk to somebody about it. Don't do that. Spiritually, don't do that. Talk to people. Have conversations with people. Solomon said, faithful are the wounds of a friend. In other words, sometimes if you can share that truth with them in a loving and kind way, it can do a lot of good. Paul said to the Galatians, so I've become your enemy by telling you the truth. He says, maybe I've offended you. I don't know that that's the case, but I feel like I've offended you in telling the truth. And so, of course, we would say in that instance, no, I wasn't offended, or yes, I was offended. Matthew 18 says to go to your brother or your sister if there is an issue. And then, of course, Ephesians 5.15, or 4.15, says that we're supposed to speak the truth in love. Being straightforward doesn't mean hit and run. It doesn't mean I'm going to throw something at you and run away. It means that we can sit down and have an adult conversation that we can have a, a conversation about something, even if it is difficult, because kindness will speak up when necessary. Kindness will also be, church, what sticks around when everybody else leaves you. Kindness 
is present. And that leads to the next thought. In order to be kind, we need to be spiritual. I do believe that it is a superpower that truly Christians possess. Go back to the fruit of the Spirit we're doing this year. And this month being the idea of kindness, it is our superpower because people in the world are just simply not kind. They're selfish. And as Christians, we ought to be set apart. We ought to be different. And so be a spiritual person. Be the bigger person, as we would tell our kids. You know, be better than that. You know, take the high ground. There's a lot of room on the high ground. Take an opportunity to get away from all that negative stuff and rise above it. Don't return evil for evil, Paul will say. And of course, as the Bible teaches repeatedly, God said, vengeance is mine. So lay down your wrath. Don't give place to the devil. That's what it says here. Don't let the devil get a foothold. You see, kindness is rooted in the Holy Spirit. It is a fruit of the Spirit. So in this letter, Paul is, he's already introduced us to kindness in chapter 2 and verse 7. And now he says that after we think about the kindness of God... We need to think about the kindness of Christianity. And Peter does the same thing. If we're rooted in Christ as a Christian, the, the, same, the same thought is, is mentioned there. So as we see our life shining before others, and we see our example before others, we should hope that people have a good impression. They say, well, what does that mean to have a good impression of a person? It means that I'm representing Christ. Philippians chapter 2 gives us this idea Paul, Paul demonstrates several times in places that we need to be like Christ. In fact, in uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 11, in verse 1, he says, Imitate me as I imitate, imitate Christ. So you may be the only way somebody's going to see Jesus. So think about your representing Christ as his ambassador, as his example. And so we need to be spiritual. People need to see the kindness of God in our lives. So again, take the high road, walk the extra mile, give without thinking of reward, which he deals with here in this text in a moment. And people will take note of that, especially the people close to you. Um, I don't remember who it was that told me this, but as a young person, I, said, I heard somebody say, be the person that you want people to say you are at your funeral. <laughs> you know, what will people say when I'm gone? What will they say? Do I want them to say something good? Or do we want somebody to say, you know, well, I'm glad they're finally off this rock, you know? Or do we want people to say, that was a, that was a loving person, that was a kind person, that was a, a very sweet individual, that was a person that represented Christ, they were faithful. What do you want your legacy to be? What do you want your example to be? Because people will talk about you once you're gone. So be spiritual. <clears throat> Number three, in order to be kind, we need to be supportive. Now I want you to listen again at what Paul says here in verse uh, 28. He says, let him who stole steal no longer, but rather let him labor, working with his hands what is good, that he may have something to give him who has need. Now, I read this text last week, and I started thinking about how to emphasize this verse. And I guess, for whatever reason, I had missed this. I've quoted this verse many times. Let him who stole steal no longer, rather let working with his hands what is good. But look at this last little part. The reason why God calls us to do good service... The reason why God calls us to be kind is because we ought to have something that other people want. And it's not that we're flaunting it. It's not that we're telling people we're better than others. But they see something in you that they want. Why is it Christians are more joyful? Why is it Christians are more kind? Other people ought to see that and say, I want to be more like that. I want to be more like that individual. Not elevating the person into a godlike status, but saying they represent something much better. So he says, let him who stole steal 
no longer. Be supportive with your words. Be supportive with your actions. And by the way, your actions are usually, whatever you say and whatever you do, it comes from what you're thinking. So maybe we change the way that we think. We support our thoughts with biblical precedent. What would, what would the Bible characters that I've studied about since I was knee-high to a grasshopper, what would they do? What would, what, would, what would David do in this situation? What would Solomon do in this situation? What would Daniel do? What would Ruth or Esther do? What would these individuals do? Because we've studied their lives. And these are people who represented a godly example to the people in their day. Not all perfect. They had their blunders and so forth. But we are supportive of what is good. Read through the Proverbs sometime. A soothing tongue is a tree of life, Proverbs 15.4. The lips of the righteous bring forth what's acceptable, chapter 10 and verse 32. The tongue of the wise brings healing, 12.18. And the teaching of kindness is on their tongue, talking of the, the virtuous woman in chapter 31 and verse 27. When we realize how kind God has been to us and how good God has been to us, it ought to alter our thoughts and it ought to alter our actions. It's very hard to abuse someone physically or with your mouth when they're doing kind things to you. You say, well, I've got this neighbor that, or this friend who says and does these negative things. Heap kindness upon them. Be as kind as you possibly can that will change the way they see you. A good phrase I heard a preacher say many years ago, hurt people hurt people. And I know that's pretty profound, isn't it? But sometimes people are hurting and they just want to vent. Let them vent on you. And then treat them with kindness. Be supportive of that individual and say, I'm sorry you're dealing with this. I, I want to pray with you. I want to support you. I want to be here for you when you fall. Because I'll tell you, if you have a friend who falls and you're there for them, you have gained a friend for life. Because they are so grateful someone was there to pray with them, to talk to them, not to judge them, but to simply love them through it. Number four, in order to be kind... We have to be sensitive. Now, I know we said straightforward earlier, but we need to also be sensitive. Listen to this. Let no corrupt word proceed out of your mouth. How many this morning have already said a corrupt word? You know, I mean, we've said things, we, just today even, getting up this morning. We grumble when we have to turn that alarm clock off, you know, and we grumble in traffic, and we grumble when what we're wanting to eat or drink isn't ready, or we smell the milk as I did this morning and it was spoiled, and I thought, oh no, you know, I'm grumbling already before I even get to worship. Let no corrupt words come out of your mouth. This is an area where we can all work on what we say, but what we say is determined by what we think. There was a lady in Idaho, we were, we were working on the church building, we had one of those cleanup days, and she was down in the basement doing something, hammering on something, and you hear, and you could tell, you hear dink, 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 thud, and you know it's not a nail. And she goes, oh, no! And I remember one of the guys turned around the corner and he says, is that all you're going to say? <laughs> and that, she said, that's all I'm going to say. Sometimes things happen and we say things that we regret. And she had trained herself from a young age not to say certain things in a moment of pain or crisis. And, you know, I thought, man, that's, that's a tough thing because sometimes we do let corrupt words come out. And Paul says, don't let them come out. Well, the way I don't let them come out is I don't think about it. And I don't put it in here in the first place. So he says, think about what is good. Think about what is necessary to build up for edification. What can I say to help the situation? If I'm saying things to be harsh, 
or destructive or judgmental, I am doing the opposite of what Christ would want me to do. I'm supposed to be kind with others, loving with others, just as good as I possibly can. So I'm guarded with my mouth. I'm careful with my actions. Think about the other people around you. And then he says, uh, in, like, for instance, in Philippians, in chapter 2 and verse 4, he says, don't merely look out for your own personal interests, but he says, look out for the interests of other people. And that's the embodiment of this text. Thinking about how other people are going to perceive what you say and what you do. It may make an impact on them. It may make an impact on their eternal life when you are kind to them. You ever see sometimes when you're in traffic out on the interstate and you have that one guy that decides to get out on the shoulder and take off and you're just like, oh, I'm never going to let him in. I hope nobody lets him in. You know, he, I can't believe somebody would do that. Don't be that guy. I told the class this morning, my brother put a picture up on social media of a, a guy who had a, a, a common area between two houses and it was grass and the guy just mowed his side and the other side was like this high and he's like, don't be that guy. Be a good neighbor. Look out for the interests of other people. And when someone is in need, James says, if you don't do it and you know that it's a good thing to do, it's sin. So do as much good as you possibly can. So be sensitive to the needs of other people. Seeking first the kingdom of God. What does the kingdom living teach me? What do I learn from, from, from Paul? What do I learn from the words of Jesus? How can I do that? And then let your mind be set on things above. Colossians 3.2. I'm constantly thinking, will my actions today impact my eternal life? Am I doing something right now in this moment that could keep me away from eternal life? Keep you out of the reward that God has planned for you since the beginning and the foundation of the earth. He has prepared this place. He's still preparing this place for us. Do I want to rob myself of that for just this personal moment to speak or to do something that is worldly? Or would I want to do something differently? So just be sensitive. And the idea also of not grieving the Spirit comes into this. Don't grieve the Spirit of God. As a parent, we know this better than anybody else. Because we watch our children interact in a public setting. You know, we usually give them the speech before we leave. I talked about this a few weeks ago. You know, don't act out. You know, remember, be kind, use your manners. But sometimes something will come up and we will be going, oh, no, he didn't. Oh, she didn't. You know, oh, no. And I can think of hundreds of examples of things that have happened with people around me, especially my kids. They go, oh, I can't believe that they said or did that. Don't make God wince at your actions. Don't grieve the spirit that is inside of you, something that is natural. There are, I don't know how many of you are gardeners and you like to plant stuff in your yard. There are certain things that often when you buy a product, it'll say, make sure it has a lot of sunlight or little sunlight. And we're careful to give it enough water and careful to get it enough this and enough that, just enough fertilization to make sure that it grows properly. We wouldn't throw a box over the top of it. We wouldn't drive over it in the garden. We would want to nourish it and cherish it and make sure that the fruit comes out of it. In our spiritual life, what we put in here will impact the spirit inside of our heart. So if I want God's spirit to be nourished and strengthened and have all these things that we've talked about with the fruit to come out of me, then I can't put so much worldly stuff in there. That means I let go of those particular things and I focus on what he wants me to focus on. Now, number five, in order to be kind, we have to be sympathetic. When you take verse 30 to heart and you think about what he's really trying to say, Christian kindness is what replaces the bitterness 
Now, here's a list of things. You might want to highlight these in your Bible. Bitterness, gone. Gone. If I want to represent Christ in this world, bitterness has got to be gone. I don't, it doesn't matter what they did. It doesn't matter how many times they did it. It doesn't matter if they're still doing it to you. Don't let bitterness wreck your heart. Get it out. Number two, he says not just bitterness, he says wrath. Wrath, it's gone. Get it out. You get all that bundled up frustration. You know, you've seen people get mad and they'll punch a wall or kick something. It's a terrible thing to do. Don't let wrath boil up inside of you. Let it go. And then anger. Anger often leads to the wrath. And he says, not only wrath, but get rid of the anger that can bring wrath in your life. He's frustrating and you're fuming. You know, get some help. Get some help. Don't let that happen to you. You know, if, if it's because you don't have a cup of coffee, let me know. I'll get you a cup of coffee in the morning. Whatever it takes. Don't get angry. Don't get so frustrated with people. Be patient with people. And then he continues to go on. He talks about evil uh, he talks about clamor and evil speaking. Put away all those things. Don't talk bad about people. Don't, don't ever let that be in your mouth. Let all of that stuff go. And then he says, with all malice, everything, malice, gone. And instead, he says, be kind to one another. Be tenderhearted, forgiving one another, even as God in Christ forgave you. When you take this just simple application. Get the bad stuff out. You ever brought home fruit and you go to clean it and you recognize one's got a little something on it? Well, you know, if, you're, if you raise poor like me, you just cut that portion of the strawberry off, right? And you keep eating. Most of us probably throw it away, especially if it's a loaf of bread. The whole thing's out. But sometimes when you get a, a box of apples or lemons or whatever the case may be, that one little piece can corrupt the whole. It needs to get out. Those things that he lists here need to be laid at the foot of the cross and never picked up again. I want to be kind. I want to be tender-hearted. Kindness replaces those things. The word all is used twice in this text. Did you notice that? He uses the word all in the beginning, and now he's using the word all at the end. All bitterness and wrath and clamor and all malice, all those things, gone, gone. And the old corrupt self that I have put off, I don't pick him up again. I let all of it go. And by grieving the Holy Spirit, I'm not purging everything out. I'm still holding on to some things that I shouldn't. God is, he's not trying to be harsh. Paul's not trying to be negative or critical. He's trying to protect us. Because in your life as a Christian, if you let bad things fester, it impacts you, but it also impacts other people around you. And that means that we learn to put on a smile. We learn to be forgiving and tender-hearted. We learn to be kind. And we need to be reminded also in this that our forgiveness is contingent on forgiving other people. Notice he says forgiving one another even as God in Christ forgave you. When I get to judgment day, one of the main things that the Lord is going to call to account is how we've treated other people. And if we want to receive the forgiveness of God and we want him to wash away all of our mistakes and forgive us of all of our debts, Jesus says it in the model prayer, Matthew 6. Paul says it frequently, but look at this text. If you want to be forgiven, you've got to learn to forgive others. 
Being kind is treating people like Jesus. Thank you for tuning in to today's broadcast. Be sure to hit that subscribe button to get updates on original content each week. Follow us on social media at Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, Tumblr, TikTok, YouTube, and check out our website at rayreynoldsrap.com. Also, if you'd like to suggest a topic for an upcoming broadcast, or if you'd like to email me a question, or if you have a prayer request, you can send that to rayreynoldsrap at gmail.com. Have a great day, and may the Lord bless you as you seek to live an authentic life in Christ Jesus. To help you in your study of the Bible, we want to send you this Bible Correspondence Course. This course is non-denominational. It's based on the Bible. It's conducted by mail, and it's free. To receive this course, write to Getting to Know Your Bible, P.O. Box 314, Summerdale, Alabama, 36580, or call toll-free 1-877-711-5214.